successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM and online at KMBZ.com. Appreciate you joining us today. Also, uh, thanks for listening on the podcast channels we have, uh, GrillNationShow.com, podcasted through iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Um, Very exciting show today. We are going to spend the full hour today with Joel Goldberg, who is the uh, lead live a- analyst and, and TV guy at the Royals live pregame and postgame show. He also is on the air uh, nonstop throughout the games. Uh, he's been a lifelong friend, actually not a lifelong friend, but a, a friend for about five to five or six years. Um, very excited to have him on the show. Wanted to get into his career in Kansas City as well as his career in broadcasting. He spent some time in St. Louis uh, and also he grew up in Chicago. So I wanted to talk to him about his background, talk to him about working in the sports industry, get into some fun facts, and then uh, go through the 2014 World Series run that the Royals took us on last year and then go into his predictions for 2015 on the show today. So that'll be exciting. As I promised with Grill Nation, uh, we aren't going to just talk about entrepreneurship. We are going to talk about uh, different facets of business and sports on Grill Nation uh, moving forward. I want to mention our social media handles before we get going here. Uh, You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. You can also connect with us at GrillNationShow.com. All of our old shows are listed on the website, as well as at KMBZ.com uh, on the Grill Nation Show podcast page. I want to thank our sponsors for uh, continuing to make Grill Nation a success. Uh, we've been continuing to grow each and every day with new partners and contributors. So uh, I want to thank... Uh, John Kenyards from Kenyards Perry Law Firm, Andrew Bash from the Bash Group, uh, Ryan Maybe from the Rieger Grill Hotel and Exchange, and Jay Rieger Whiskey, uh, the people over at Power and Light District, Nick Benjamin, and uh, the people over there for helping us support the show, um, and as well as Danny Pfeiffer from Catalyst Group as our political contributor on the Grill Nation show. I also want to mention real quickly a couple of uh, cool things that happened recently in Kansas City. Let me pull those up here for you guys. Uh, Launch KC launched its grant application today. So if you're a business in Kansas City, you want to take a look at this. It's at launchkc.com. They are going to be accepting applications for a new program. Basically, you're going to be competing for 10 $50,000 grants in this project. And uh, it's for a competition for tech entrepreneurs and startups in Kansas City. There's a 90-day filing application window. It opened uh, in March, actually today it opened and it will be going through July 2nd, 2015. So check it out at launchkc.org. And they have all kinds of things happening over there at the Downtown Council on Launch KC. Also want to mention the Digital Sandbox uh, got its second I-6 Challenge grant this week, uh, which was awarded to them. This is a three-year $500,000 grant, which is being matched by the Coffin Foundation, Missouri Technology Corporation, UMKC block program uh, at all. Uh, so far, since Digital Sandbox launched, it has developed 46 new proof-of-concept projects for various startups. 23 new new KC-based companies were created. 33 companies have secured follow-on investment and $17.7 million on follow-on funding. Uh, 180 new jobs created. It's a very successful program, and you can check that out at Digital Sandbox KC. So, a very exciting with Launch KC's grant application program starting and what they're doing with Tech Week in September, uh, as well as Digital Sandbox KC getting even more grant money to help more and more companies here in Kansas City. So very exciting news. I wanted to mention both of those things at the top of the show. So without further ado, let's get into our uh, featured guest today on Grill Nation. Uh, very rarely do we have an entire guest for the hour. Uh, so this is uh, something special for us today. We have uh, Joel Goldberg on the line. Uh, Joel, welcome to Grill Nation. 
good to be with you. And uh, I guess the timing the timing works out pretty well. I think everybody's finally ready to get this thing going next week. Yeah, I know, right? So your uh, your life changes here, doesn't it? Here pretty quickly. It it really does. It's it's kind of going from zero to a hundred. And I actually had a bunch of things that I did freelance wise in the off season, but for the most part, I mean, it's you know, it's five, six, sometimes seven days a week at home and carpool lines and errands and, and all that stuff. And now, uh, at least starting next week, really even this week, just with all the having returned from spring training and, and being gone in Arizona for a couple of weeks, it's just this last push of trying to get some things done and get some things situated. And, you know, it's almost for business is like, for me, it's the start of the fiscal year. Everything, this is January one or, you know, whenever your business starts, all that type of stuff. So um, th- this is the new year for me, and uh, and this is really where the, the calendar turns over. Joel, tell us about uh, what you do. I know that you're an entrepreneur in your own right with your own broadcasting business that you started, but tell us about kind of, you know, what your actual title is here with Fox Sports Kansas City and Kansas City and uh, what you do with the Royals. So technically with Fox, I'm, I'm a freelance guy. Now, I've worked for this group for... This will be my 11th season now. So I, I moved over and I, I've been working with a local affiliate in St. Louis uh, doing sports. And I moved over to Fox Sports Midwest January 2005. My first three years there, covered all kinds of sports and traveled. But it wasn't one specific focus. And when I came over here in 2008, it was to do what I'm doing now and, and will be doing for my eighth straight season, which is a host of the pre- and post-game show, Royals Live, reporting as the, the sideline sideline reporter, post-game interviews, all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a unique position, and, and so I'm freelance in the sense that I, when the season's over, I can go out and you know, work for other companies and do other things, um, which was different when I, in St. Louis when I worked, it was year-round, and so I was, I was on salary, and, and when it was baseball off-season, we did other things. And, so that makes it unique. But what also, to me at least, what the position makes it unique is, you know, we're in a little bit of a smaller market as far as professional sports teams. And, you know, most other major league cities have an NBA team, an NHL team, or both. We obviously have sporting. Uh, we have the Chiefs. Chiefs games, all NFL games are, you know, every TV broadcast for that is national. And so, you know, most of these cities – the the Fox or whoever has it, Comcast, whatever it is, depending on the city, they usually have some other properties. Really, the one big property we have here, Fox, is the Royals. And so we don't have as big of a staff because we don't have as many entities. And because of that, I end up doing a lot. Yeah, right. It's great. I mean, I, you know, I love it. I, I, there are some people, and, you know, stereotypically in the business that would shudder at the thought of, of having to actually do some work and, you know, put in the hours that I get a chance to do, but I, I love it. I mean, and a lot of paying me to go to the ballpark. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, they think that all you do is just start talking at like, you know, at the beginning of the game, right. And, and after the game, oh, and you, yeah. you, there's no preparation that goes into that. And you just show up like anyone can do it. Right. I'm sure you get that all the I'm, time. I mean, you just showed up a minute before the show started. I know. And, 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 <laughs> well, actually and, I did, and, which is funny. And, I'm such a pro Joel at the, uh, yeah, at doing yeah. this, you know? Yes. But you put no thought into it. You put <laughs> no, no, I spent all morning whatsoever. Jason. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I do think, though, and, and there's something to, to be said about that, too, and, you know, my partner Jeff Montgomery and I have both talked about this and, and can attest to it, that when you've done it long enough, you can show up at the last minute if need be. And I say that only in the sense that occasionally it'll feel like that when something happens last minute. There's a last-second trade um, that happens, you know, 20 minutes before you go on the air, and suddenly all the notes and the work that you did have nothing to do with anything because something else big is going on or you know just a lot of times a day game following a night game and you know let's say we've got a a nice 12 inning game on a Saturday night and you're coming back for a one o'clock game on on Sunday afternoon and and there are a lot of elements to it and we talk about preparation and you know I mean I get up and, and I'm reading through a lot of articles and searching through stats and looking for trends and ideas for pregame uh, and bounce them off of Jeff and my producer, but also uh, looking at um, stories that I could do in-game on our team and, and the other team. And so so the preparation is never really ending, and, and to me it's fun because I, I enjoy that. But, you know, it's it's also um, you're, you're dealing with a lot of people. I mean, 
I think the most, and, and I know Ryan LaFever said it a million times on the air, and I'll, I'll echo this, that the most interesting thing about our job, if, if you were to come and watch, would be what goes on in a TV truck. And the amount of people that put on this organized chaos, and they know what they're doing, is incredible. So there's so many moving parts, and so you have to co- coordinate with so many people, and it, you're, I mean, you, you can't just show up. But because we live it every single day, when you have, say, that quick turnaround, and the crew's going to come in a little bit later because they've worked ridiculous hours, maybe in, in bad elements. And, you know, so you can't do as much and you have to back off. Um, I, I think that's just sort of the you know, kind of all over the place here, but the grind of a long season of mm-hmm. knowing, you know, when you can do this, when you can back off. You know what? I'm going to get there instead of four hours in advance of the game today. I'm going to get there two and a half hours in advance. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you this, too. I mean, there's some times where, where Monty and I, before we sit down to do the show live, don't have a chance to actually talk about everything. Right. But we've done it for so long, and we're so comfortable with each other that I, I think for the most part it works. Well, Joel, uh, we got about two, three and a half minutes left in this uh, first segment. I want to talk about, you mentioned you were in St. Louis. I, uh, when I was in law school at Mizzou, we got that broadcast, um, so I, I watched you. I think I watched you. All right, I watched St. Louis games because they were all that were on at one point. Um, so tell us about the differences between St. Louis and Kansas City from a baseball town perspective. I mean, I know now it's maybe changed a little bit after last season, but um, tell us what it was like working for them and, and the difference between working with them and the Royals. It, it, it's very different. It's um, I, I just think the culture is different, and I, I love it here. And and, and I mean, this is we were completely at home here. I didn't grow up in St. Louis. I think that makes a difference. Sure. Because um, people that, I mean, you know, you went to school with a lot of those guys, and and um, and that's what they grew up in. And there's such an incredible baseball culture there, and and you know, over a hundred years, and there's there's winning. They they've really been in the mix and in contention now for you know pretty much every year for the last what twelve, ten, twelve, fifteen years, something like that. We just got our first taste of it last year. I, I have said that I, I knew this was a great baseball town, but it would take some time to actually remember what that was like. And for a lot of people in the whole generation, never having seen it before, only heard about it. And so I think we finally saw that last year. I think the cities have very subtle differences. I hear from people all the time that think over there, all oh, you know, there's little Kansas City. I, I, I disagree with that completely. Um, I think we have just as much here, and what what we might have, they don't, and vice versa in certain things. But I I, I think that, you know, when you have baseball as long as they have, um, you know, it's like football over there compared to here. I mean, we've sure. just had a longer run of it. But that doesn't mean that, that there are any less fans here. And I found it, Jason, fascinating in the off season to go over there to do a couple of events, a couple of hockey games and a college basketball game, to hear from so many people, and they weren't being disingenuous, that were rooting for the Royals. That surprised me. Um, I saw I, some I people. I saw some people last weekend at uh, in Westport at Harry's. They were they were excited about Kansas City. And they were St. Yeah, Louis people. Of, yeah, it was weird. I mean, I think part of it was that they they were were ticked off at the Giants because the Giants sure. just beat them. So hate the team that just knocked you out. But I think there was almost like this. And, and, and again, this could be taken the wrong way. It was almost like, um, you know, there's our little little cousin or there's our little brother. You know, good for you guys. We're pulling for you. And, you know, if you have an inferiority complex, that, that doesn't feel very good. To me, again, I, I think we're on equal footing as them over there in, in so many things. It was nice for the spotlight to be on us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, we're talking to Joel Goldberg, who's the host of the Royals Live pregame and postgame show on Fox Sports Kansas City. We'll be right back after the break, Joel. I want to get into more about working in sports, and uh, we'll go from there on Grill Nation on KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. We're continuing with Joel Goldberg here on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM and on KMBZ.com. Uh, Joel, I won't mince my words in the last segment you were talking about in St. Louis. So we'll, uh, just wanted to mention briefly that when I was in college at SLU, the Rams won the Super Bowl and the Cardinals, I was dating a St. Louis girl. I had to go to Cardinals Braves uh, playoff games 
And so that was tough because uh, I did not like either team. I, I kind of find my second team being the Chicago Cubs. So, uh, so I've been I've been known to hate St. Louis Rams uh, for football and, and baseball, obviously. But uh, had had to mention that. Hey, uh, Joel, um, talk about working in sports and any advice you have for how to get into it. I know it's a tough ball game. I know you started your own company and you do some consulting work or freelance work, like you mentioned. But uh, what has that been like getting noticed in a very competitive uh, industry? It's tough, and you know, I I, I think. I think if you go about it the right way, there are no guarantees, but I think if you go about it the right way, it's possible. I, I mean, I I did not have any shortcuts along the way, and, you know, I think there's some people that can get lucky or find the right contact right away. Uh, every now and then you just have that person that's really, really good, and they get noticed. I think the majority of kids coming out of college when it comes to TV are, you know, pretty mediocre because it's just not something you get to practice every day. I will say that with, with the way technology has evolved and, and all that, kids are coming out of you know programs like at Mizzou um, and their J school, or even all over the country with, with the kind of technology and uh, ability to improve that we never had, which is going to make me sound really old now. But, you know, I, I remember last um, last summer during the All-Star break, I went up to Wisconsin and I went to school there. But my wife and oh, I We'll get up. to that later, Joel. We'll get to that later. Yeah, I, know, I know you're a big I'm Wisconsin guy. Hey, if, if you don't, I will. But um, <laughs> but we, we went up way up north, beautiful country up there, um, rented a cabin, got away for the All-Star break. And that's where I started back in, in 1994, small town, northern Wisconsin. And, you know, people vacation up there. And I know people would, you know, summer vacation up there, and, and, and they'd watch us and just laugh. We were terrible. And I was, I was watching some of these kids, you know, mid, mid-20s or so, and they were pretty good. And, you know, I stopped in at the station, and I realized that the technology's better and the places they were coming for were better. So it's laid out there for people to succeed better and to come out of college more prepared than my generation was, but that may make it more competitive. And to me... The way I was able to get to where I am now, which is a pretty old school way of doing it, but I think it still applies to television and probably to a lot of fields, and you can speak to this, is relationships, working hard, paying your dues, and, and you know, not, not expecting anything to be handed to you. So I know when I got out of college, my, my biggest wake-up call, I you know, found some TV job service with all the listings, and, um, you know, this is still earlier internet stages. And I remember applying to a job in Missoula, Montana, thinking, oh, I'll get this one. And I got a rejection letter back. And it, it dawned on me that I was one of hundreds of college kids that wanted this thing. And how do you differentiate any of them? And so I, I, I went and started knocking on doors, literally. Right. Um, I hopped in my car and started driving around Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, um, and then went out and, and did some stuff out east too, and, and just went to all of these places that were smaller markets, anything from like a Peoria, Illinois, to a Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I, you know, I popped through Columbia and Jeff City, and, and on and on, Terre Haute, Indiana, and just started knocking on doors, handing out tapes, trying to get a meeting with someone for five minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, and just building those relationships opened the door. And, and then on and on and on and, and meeting people and, and, and improving. And I, I think that's kind of an old-fashioned way of doing things, but it's a cutthroat business like a lot of others. And, and because this is, you know, perceived as, as a prestigious or, you know, fun. Right, you're in the um, public's eye. Yeah, you're going to go to baseball fun. games all, every day. Yeah, it's, I mean, someone pays me to talk about baseball every day. That's unbelievable. Uh, why wouldn't a lot of people want to do that? Right. I, I, I kind of have one regret that I didn't get that when I was in law school at Mizzou that I didn't go that extra year and get my uh, master's in journalism. But at the time, the guy I worked for at CNN as an intern told me, you've, you've already you've been you've been getting experience. You need just to kind of like, you know, work hard. Exactly the same stuff you just said. Um, and, and, and you'll be able to do what you want to do. So I, I, I think that's good. I think that's good advice for people to, to build the relationships. Hey, Joel, um. Talk to me about traveling during the season. Like, how do you deal with that? I mean, for a young baseball player, it's it's awesome, obviously, to mm-hmm. go to the best cities in the country and 
I find it fascinating to talk to athletes, whether they're the Royals, Sporting, Chiefs, or whatever, about what their favorite cities are to visit. Uh, but you're pretty much on the road nonstop for what is that? Eight months, six, seven, eight months. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, you know, if we do what we did last year, it's it's seven months strong. <laughs> and, um, and just the travel, all the suits you got to pack, man, on those socks. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. All those sock one ones in your bag. I, I will say this: that <laughs> one of the best and worst things that's happened to me, and it's a much, much more of a best than a worst, is um, is sock one hundred one dot com because. <laughs> See, see, you put it on a tee for me, but but again, like Wisconsin, whether you bring it up or not, I'm going to go there. But I, I have a soft thing, and um, you know, it's just feeding the beast. I mean, you guys keep putting them out; I'm going to keep getting them. Sure. But what? But but the negative to it, and it's all worth it. And, and my wife can attest to this. But I, when I pack, now the summer's a little bit easier. Once it gets hot enough, we can wear these fox polo shirts. But they would prefer us be in suits. And so if you're going on a road trip that's, you know, the road trips are usually six, seven games, maybe nine or ten, and you need to come up with seven, ten different suit combinations, that is stressful enough. So, you know, I'm sitting here, and, and, and maybe I care too much, but, you know, let's, let's say we got nine games. I'm probably going to go maybe four coats, double up on each one, maybe wear one a third time. But that's nine different ties, nine different shirts. That was stressful enough. It might take me an hour and a half to like sure. sit there and actually try to remember what goes with what. And I mean, it's like you know, it'd be better off if it was like granimals or something like that. Where, right. Or this always goes with this. And now you add in the socks, and it's not black gold toes anymore for Joe Goldberg, is it? No, none. <laughs> I mean, they're they're like in the uh, do not touch drawer. I just again. get rid of them, throw them away. I, yeah, I at this point, because because no, the, right. the fads I mean, are going to change with socks. We'll just keep making new ones that you know that are right. classic, and you'll like them. Right? Because I was, I mean, I was sitting there being like, when would I really ever need black socks? And I guess like a few. No, you know what? I mean, you can still wear, you know, you can wear blue, ones, navy, you know? blue socks. You know, yeah, you can get away yeah. with that. Yeah. So, but that adds another element to it. So it's like, okay, this shirt, this tie, got to go with these socks. Uh, wait, should it be these socks? So that's complicated my life a little bit, but the payoff is good. I, I was telling you the other day that when I'm on the road, that's when I do the pregame and the postgame show on the field. And so I'm sitting there, and right usually during that first segment, so seven o'clock show or seven o'clock game, six thirty, somewhere in that six thirty to six thirty-five range before the starting pitcher and the pitching coach Dave Island come come out. The bullpen coach Doug Henry comes out, and he always and I'm a lot of times I'm like looking right into the camera. He'll point to my feet, and I'll just kind of pull it up, pull up the pant leg a little bit so he can see the socks, and he'll give me a thumbs up and and move on. So I love it. it, it yeah, I mean it's 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 become. We, we got to uh, get you to start doing that on air, Joel. <laughs> I know, I know you do. I need you know that that's probably a director's call. To decide at what point you know people need to start seeing my shoes. Yes, right, right. Uh, we're talking to Joel Goldberg, uh, Fox Sports Kansas City Royals Live. Joel, we got twenty seconds left. Uh, real quickie, what is your favorite sport besides baseball? Hockey. Hockey. Okay. Will we ever yeah, have a hockey we, team in Kansas City? Yes I, or no? I, um, NHL team. I. I. I feel like it isn't going to happen, okay. but I can say that there are some really, really big-time people that are pushing for it. I love it. Uh, we'll be right back on Grill Nation with Joel Goldberg. Your picture-perfect blue, sunbathing on the moon, stars shining as your bones illuminate. Well, you can tell everybody, yeah, you can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. We got a great guest today, Joe Goldberg, who's entering his eighth season as the host of Royals Live and the pre and post game shows and serves as a reporter throughout Fox Sports Kansas City's Royals coverage. Uh, Joel, some quick questions for you here before we get into your ride last year in 2014. Um, You take these as you will. Uh, What is your um, favorite stadium in Major League Baseball? Um, Have you been to all of them? I've been to all but Miami's new one. Um, when we last played them there, it was um, their old stadium, which was one of the worst in baseball. So I've got 29 out of the active 30. I think something like 50 overall. 
Uh, Fenway's my favorite, not the easiest places to work, um, just because it's it's older. But there's just there's a mystique about walking in there to me, which is even better than Wrigley. I will be at both of those places this year. As far as newer stadiums, Seattle and maybe Pittsburgh are two of my other favorites. I love Pittsburgh. I uh, I've been there. I also I'm going out to the West Coast here pretty soon. Uh, I'm going to be doing San Diego, L.A., and San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco and L.A. I've never been to San Diego. Uh, uh, San Diego San Diego's is, is phenomenal and a great location. Uh, San Francisco may be a little bit better of a park, but, but the, the location for San Diego is spectacular. What is your favorite athlete you've ever interviewed or met? Give oh, us a couple. Man. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, and this is probably like, you know, how athletes want to play guitar and, you know, musicians want to, you know, hit a baseball or something. My favorite interviews have been the non-athletes, but... Big um, slick, I, though, I, when those big slick guys come in town, you get to interview Will Ferrell in the dugout and Paul Rudd. You yeah, like I mean, Will, Will Ferrell was a classic, uh, a, a really out there one that maybe topped even Will Ferrell was Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, it was at Wrigley Field, and um, it's just like, I'm like, I watched this guy wrestling growing up, and now he's talking about wanting to be my Jewish tag team partner. It was <laughs> uh, live television at its best. Um, Bill Cosby at the time seemed like a good interview, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, I'm name dropping now. But no, I, I like when you name drop. My, yeah, my two favorite sports interviews, and this is a little bit earlier in my career, were sit downs with uh, Arnold Palmer and Yogi Berra. I think those just to me, you know, it was like man, these my dad and my grandfather watched these guys, and so there's a lot of sentimental value, and just to say that. You know, one day when those guys are gone, that I actually sat down with them it was pretty cool to me. Very cool. Um, what is your favorite food option uh, across the majors, and what's your favorite at the K? I know you you've probably tried some of the stuff. I mean, at, at at these different locations, I hope you have. At least when you're in the stands, I think you have. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on. Um, I you know, Diamondback Stadium has the uh, the Wisconsin uh, hot dog with macaroni and cheese and bacon on it. It's a foot long hot dog. I figured that. That was one I tried at one point. <laughs> well, like last year at the Diamondbacks, they had this like new, I don't remember how big, eighteen inch corn dog or something like that, and I was like a with like a lifetime's worth of fries, and I I brought it into a to the booth um, to to show it off and and handed it to Rex, and he's holding it up, and it, it just visually wasn't like the best looks, and and, and um, you know oh, going along with that, and then it, and then it collapsed. Um, so that, that actually was pretty funny, but, um, you know, I, a, a lot of times we're just eating a quick press meal, which in some places is good. Some people, right. some places is bad. I know no one cares about this, but one of my biggest pet peeves, and I don't complain about it on Twitter because it, it falls under that category of something that no one should care about is almost every city we go to at least well, once for sure in, in a series, they will serve barbecue because we are there. And I, and I'm sorry, but you're not going to touch what we do here we're barbecue snobs sure um i'll admit that and it's like i don't i don't need to be eating the pulled pork in you know in cincinnati or, or wherever it's at so that's um, annoying i didn't but, i didn't know that yeah no that that happens a lot um i do seattle has great food i mean they've got even good sushi around the park um they've got i always go i skip their press meal and go they've got a um, they've got a stand with like pretty legit good Thai food, and that's not really your normal ballpark food. But as far as getting a break from eating the same type of stuff on a regular basis, mm-hmm. that's good. So you know, it's but I, to me, and this is true of all the guys I work with, really our spots that we know on the road away from the stadium are breakfast and lunch places. Sure, um, I agree with you on the barbecue thing. I was at South by Southwest a couple weeks ago, and I. Uh... I don't even touch barbecue. I go to the food trucks there and do a lot more yep. of the. Yep. They have so many great food options there. Why would you do barbecue? Um, let me see here, Joel. What what else? Oh, you talked about Wisconsin. Um, comment on that real quick because your alma mater is pretty darn good in football and basketball. It has to be one of the best two best colleges for both those sports combined right now. It, it, it might be the best. I mean, it, you know, I just saw something that they put out on on Twitter the other day uh, earlier this week. I think like they're the only ones in the last however many years to have multiple John Wooden and Heisman candidates. Um, you know, and this year um, they had Melvin Gordon and then they've got Frank Kaminsky. A couple of years ago they had Orlando Tucker and um, um, Monte Ball um, from the you know St. Louis Wentzville area. 
So, um, I, you know, I, I never, ever imagined it could be like this. I was actually texting my nephew this the other night, and he just um, found out that he did not get in to Wisconsin, which is mind-boggling to me because he's much smarter than I ever was, um, or am, for that matter. And um, But it was different back then. And, right. you know, it was a good school. And I think if you had decent grades and decent scores, you could get in. But now, I mean, you know, here's a kid that has been accepted to Miami of Ohio. He's been accepted to SLU um, in Indiana. And he's looking at those. He was waitlisted and can't get into Wisconsin. And we were talking about, I said, well, you know, just because the sports are so good right now. And he said, well, there's a little bit to that just in the sense that there's so much attention on them now and maybe so much money coming in that everybody wants to go there and it's a great school, fun school and they've raised their standards. But I was telling him that I mean, my, my freshman year, which was Barry Alvarez's first year as the football coach, we were one in 10. I think the basketball team was 500 and finished in like seventh or ninth place in the big 10. Right. And by my senior year, they'd won the Rose bowl. They were nine, one and one. They made it to the NCAA tournament led by uh, Michael Finley before he went on to have a great NBA career, (laughs) but they really didn't get to another level basketball-wise until, say, the last 10 years where they're a shoo-in for the tournament every single year. And I, never in my wildest dreams that I think they'd be going back-to-back Final Fours. But, but I will say, and this is where my expectations have risen, that I thought anything short of a Final Four would be disappointing this year. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and it's a great city, too. It's like Austin. you got the college town and the capital there, which definitely helps with economic development, getting smart people there and... Yes. Yes, that is that is true, and it's it's cold there. That's its only negative. I actually, uh, I enjoyed Madison though. Um, you know what? You know what, Jason? It's it's to me, it has sort of the best of all worlds, other than you know the weather. And in the summer, it's beautiful. But you've got government, you've got hospitals, um, you've got you know state capitals there. You've you've got a major university, very diverse um, as as far and we're becoming more diverse. Um, but but just a very eclectic i guess i would say city mm-hmm. where there, there's just so much for everyone and it's not just a college town and i, I think that shows I me mean, it's a it's a great place to live i agree um joel let's go through 2014 uh obviously it was a huge year for the royals i spent a good amount of money on uh, playoff tickets last year um what was your uh what was your kind of let's go through the ride what was your favorite memory from uh from 2015 or 2014 kind of on the field what, what was one of your favorite moments on the field well, I would say, by the way, I spent a lot of money in the playoffs, too, uh, on tickets. So I, I think I pretty much essentially <laughs> I know more free, about StubHub than I ever did. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I I, I, uh, I had some connections through the team, which allowed me to purchase, which was great. But I, I was essentially working for free, which was great because my family was along for the whole ride. And, right. you know, not sitting at, at home while I was there. Um, I, to me, I think my favorite moment, I mean, there's obviously a lot of them. But I'm standing in the camera well on that last Friday night of the regular season as Salvi's catching that foul pop to end the game. And at that point, we knew they were going to clinch it. But but that was the official moment that they got into the playoffs. And, you know, just I'm just sitting there and I'm kind of staring at it, thinking 29 years, and we're about to have a celebration. And all the celebrations in the champagne were fun, but this was the first one. And it just, like, to, you know, to to hear the, the, the voice and the, and the comments from guys like Billy Butler and Alex Gordon that had been you know, through this longer than anyone, and, and even Luke Hochaver, who was, was there but obviously not playing. It just, that, to me, was special, and obviously they got on a ridiculous run, and, and each one kind of topped the one before. But that was the moment where everything changed to me, and um, you know, I, I'd had a similar moment like that back when I was covering the Rams back in 1999, and, and it was unthinkable that they could even go to the playoffs. And, and I just remember when they won the NFC Championship and kind of hearing the voice catching in one of the big defensive linemen in, the, in, in an interview I was doing, that moment sinking in. And it, it kind of felt like that to me. And, mm-hmm. and it was just this little party that, that suddenly began in Chicago without really realizing what kind of magical run they were about to go on. I know, right? I mean, I, the, the, the straight games in the playoffs was unreal. I was traveling a lot during that and just – Wear a Kansas City hat or a Kansas City shirt. It was unreal the amount of attention you got uh, on the airplane. Um, talk to us about take us through the locker room following Game Seven of the World Series after the loss. Like you know, I know you were there for a lot of the highs, a lot of the champagne celebrations. Um, what was that like? I mean, I don't know if you've ever covered anything like that before, being in a locker room during the after the seventh inning or seventh game of the World Series, losing like they did at the end. You know, I've, I've 
I've covered a lot of those kind of moments. Now, I mean, the thing is, is that in my time here, usually I'm I'm not in the locker room after games, but, but because we wanted, you know, all of our guys involved in the show um, and, and really wanted to pull from all of our resources, they they had Ryan hosting those shows and me down in the locker rooms interviewing the guys that I, you know, do on the field every day. And, um, you know, the, the plus to that was, was being involved in every one of those champagne celebrations. But I, I think it'll forever be kind of ingrained in my head just the, the the quiet and the pain that you could feel and see in each one of these guys' eyes. You know, baseball's so different than every other sport because, and, and we say it all the time, it's really hard. We, we live in a, you know, in a football mentality world where everything moves fast and you want instant results. And baseball is such the opposite where it's a marathon and it's, you know, just chill out, they lost or even chill out. Okay. They've lost three or four in a row, big picture. Um, it, it, they're going to be okay. Um, or whether they are, or they're not, it's just a few days, but, but this was everything. And mm-hmm. that's the difference between regular season and playoffs, which we here had never been through. And I had forgotten what it was like where every pitch matters. You're hanging on every single moment. And there was, there were no moments left. And so, you know, baseball players, after a loss, you don't have music playing, it's quiet. And, you know, guys shower, they get their food, they go about their business, they go home. You don't hear a lot of chirping. Um, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not like a morgue, so to speak. But this was just chilling. And you could see the hurt in everyone's eyes. You know, I, I, I lived with these guys for six months, seven months, and, and I've known some of them since they were 18 years old. And, you know, and so as I finished my work, I, I walked around the room and just kind of patted some guys in the back, said, hey, you know, thanks for, you know, thanks for the year. And there were some guys that just were, were inconsolable. And, and yeah. um, you know, these are grown men. And so, you know, you think about the pain as fans that everybody had in watching it. And I think ultimately everybody appreciated the ride, and, and it's something that we'll never forget. And, I, I mean, I'll say this, too. I, I remember somebody, I think it was from St. Louis. It was a social media thing, maybe even on someone else's site, and I couldn't help but butt in talking about, well, if you guys, it's sort of somewhere in the middle of the playoff. Well, if you guys don't win at all, nobody will ever remember it. And, and I jumped in and I said, I don't know where you're from. And I think they were from, um, from St. Louis and <laughs> hey, they've won a lot, but I said, you know, I, I don't know where you're from, but I can tell you right now, living here in Kansas city, that whether they win this whole thing or not, and this is pretty deep into the playoffs, people will remember this forever because it'll have been the first time that it put baseball back on the map. Completely. And so, Hey, Joel, I got to you know, catch you off there. We got to run yeah. the break real quick. Uh, we'll be right back with Joel Goldberg. Continue that story. On Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come up. Maybe the streets. Welcome back to Grill Nation. This is Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for joining us today on KMBZ Business Channel 1660 AM and on KMBZ.com. We've had a great show today. It's flown by with our. Uh, all-star guests. I know he's an all-star because of his initials. Um, Joel Goldberg uh, from the host of Royals Live pre-game and post-game shows, and he is the sideline reporter throughout Fox Sports Kansas City's Royals coverage. Um, Joel, first of all, uh, you got a great name, obviously, great initials, JG. Um, second of all, uh, why don't we plug some of your social media handles so people can follow you throughout the season? Uh, Twitter is GoldbergKC. And, you know, I'll update news, update some things going on with the team, lineups every day as soon as I get them. And I, I so now I'm going to show my age a little bit. I think my Instagram's the same. I think it's Goldberg Casey. I got to maybe start doing something with that. You got you got to post some more photos, man, or you get on Snapchat and post stories. People love that stuff, uh, especially when you're with players. I know those are two popular avenues that are growing. Um, Joel, you're talking about uh, that story about that interaction you had before the break with uh, a fan from. I, I, we'll just say they were from St. Louis talking about nobody remembering the 2014 season. Yeah, I just, I think, and I, I get the point that, you know, if you if you win a bunch of championships, then maybe you don't remember the ones you lost and or you choose to not remember those as much. I mean, the, the, the best memories, you know, if you're San Francisco, if you're St. Louis, if you're Boston, you know, your best memories are going to be the ones that you won. And, and no doubt it would have been even more incredible if we want it. But to me, I saw this whole town change and it's what I thought would happen, but I didn't really know. And I don't know that anybody could totally know until you lived it. I remember, um, 
talking to a woman maybe during the ALCS and I just got back to town and was at a family thing. And, um, you know, she said to me, I think she's got two kids around my kid's age. And, um, and she said, you know, I, I've never been a baseball fan before. And I said, okay, you know, it's sometimes people say that and they're, they feel like apologetic or something. I'm not offended. Um, <laughs> but she said, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not getting any sleep. I can't stop watching. I'm watching every moment. I, I don't go to games. I didn't know anything about this team. And, and all of that is awesome. And, you know, you talk about bandwagon fans, which, by the way, I, I think there's always room on the bandwagon. But, you know, the, the real negative naysayers that just are kind of haters, there's room for them, too. But what excites me more is when you make new fans um, and introduce the sport to people and, and, and allow them to enjoy it when they maybe haven't before. So here's a woman, you know, maybe in her, her 40s or early 50s with a with a couple of younger kids, and if she's not a baseball fan, maybe the kids don't go to games. But, but what's happening, I think we'll see this this year, is suddenly those kids, I'm assuming, are saying to their mom, we want to go, can we go to the next game? I want to go to a game. Well, they're sold out. It's, you know, the World Series. It's the playoffs. Well, we want to go. We want to go. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to go in April. And, you know, we've, we've wondered the last couple of years when attendance would go up or why it hasn't quite gone up yet. But I think the big reason is, it takes time, and this is maybe more a business thing, and, and you could speak to this, Jason, but it takes time to change habits. Mm-hmm. And the habit here for 29 years, or close to it, has been, well, we've got high school football on Friday night, or it's school night. And I always say to people, well, they have school, you know, in Boston and New York and St. Louis and all these other places, too. They go to the games. Why? Because it's been habit. And I think now so many people lived through that last fall and people lived through it that have never gone before or never were invested in it emotionally before. But I think the next step now for them is to say, I want to take my family to a game. And, um, oh, well, that, that weekend's packed. Yep, maybe, maybe we'll go on a, um, you know, maybe we'll go on a Tuesday night then instead. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the, uh, what the attendance numbers are. And I don't want to get into this right now, Joel, but obviously I would like to see a downtown stadium at some point in Kansas City. I've seen some of the mock-ups and some of the plans for that from downtown council folks. Um, I think that obviously will can will be maybe another element of the downtown going forward at some point. I know the new stadium or the renovations are awesome, but um, I'm I'm excited about. Uh, I agree with you completely on those stories. I mean, I think I lost a year or a month or two of my life uh, because mm-hmm. of the little sleep. I can't imagine what you were dealing with uh, during the playoffs. Um, so let's go into 2015, buddy. Uh, we got we've had a lot of changes, not a lot of changes, but some changes to the roster. Um, what can we expect in 2015? I know that Billy Butler, a fan favorite, is out. James Shields is out. Noria Oki's out. And you have Rios, Morales, Volquez, and Medlin in. Medlin won't be back until later in the year, probably. Um, what do you think? What's going to happen? Well, I think the biggest one to replace will be Shields. I remember talking to an American League scout pretty early in the offseason, and, and he said, you don't have to replace Shields the ace. And, you know, Shields, you could certainly argue, was their third-best pitcher last year, too. But you have to be able to replace his innings. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the biggest thing for Volquez, um, who, who has better stuff than Shields. But the consistency will be the biggest question. And, and he's a guy that might, you know, go eight innings and give up one hit one game, and, and the next game he might go three innings and, you know, and have four walks. He just, he's got unbelievable stuff. The mechanics can get out of whack every now and then. But I think that'll be the biggest challenge, is just replacing the innings. You know, we all remember Billy Butler for everything he did, rightfully so, on and off the field. He didn't have a good year last year. I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure why still. So he, he did. He did him, do well though down the stretch, though, right? In August, yeah, and you know, then yeah, and then in the playoffs. Yeah, but but remember, I mean, it, it wasn't until later in August till he was getting himself back in the lineup regularly, which mm-hmm. was really a shock to the system, I, I, probably to him, certainly to all of us, to see Billy sitting not just against a really tough righty for a day off, but even against lefties um and you know Ioki really came through late but another guy that struggled so I think point being that if you look at those three guys the only one that really had the big stature was Shields based on what they did um you know there, there are plenty of reasons to believe that Rios that all all four of the guys that they got but but Rios uh, for sure and Morales will be better or at least there are reasons to why they struggled last year but I think the biggest thing to me is I hear a lot of people nationally, I think, thinking that the Royals were a fluke, 
Um, they haven't said that, but they're predicting them to do worse, less wins, and all that. But a lot of that has to do with Joel with with the division too, right? The teams does. have gotten better in our division. It does, but I think also there 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 there's a tendency with the experts to want to be able to do an "I told you so" or "I got it right" type of thing. You know, no one ever really points out when they were wrong, but when they really nailed it, hey, I I got it. So, is it really a sexy pick to? to say that the Royals are going to repeat. I actually think it would be because not a lot of people are saying that. But mm-hmm. it's sexier to, to be the one to say, this is the year I picked Cleveland to win it all. Right. And let's just play it safe and go with Miguel Cabrera and the Tigers. Which, by the way, I I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I do think that the beginning of the end is starting for the Tigers as it did the Phillies and, and a lot of those teams that have, you know, the Yankees that have spent massive money. And... If they have a couple of guys, Cabrera, Verlander, Martinez, that can't stay healthy, they're going to be trouble. I, I think this thing comes down to the Royals and the Indians in the division. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, Hosmer needs to improve. Moussakis needs to improve. Um, you know, and all these ifs and, and these type of things. But those guys, they won 89 games last year with those guys. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if they improve, then even better if they're where they were at, um, we saw what they could do. I think the biggest key to this season for them is the top of the rotation and the two young guns, Ventura and Duffy, who are extremely dynamic. Do they have it in them to be able to pick up those innings and be top of the rotation guys that could be counted on every five days? I agree with you. I mean, I'm worried about their, their injury concerns and you know, you know, with James Shields, it's it's like a person, it's like a workhorse. You know, he's he's pitched two hundred innings, what, like seven years in a row or something. So I mean, always going to be there. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we don't have that certainty. I don't think this year with the starting rotation, everyone counters with, well, we got the best bullpen in baseball. But at some point, they're not going to be as good as they were last year, right? I mean, it's impossible to be that good two years in a row. But hopefully, they are. Yeah, and you know what? They were really darn good the year before that. I remember That's people right. saying, "Well, they can't possibly do what they did last year." I mean, Holland can't have the greatest season ever the next year. And Hochaver can't do what he did. And and then what do they do? They come back the next year. And Holland wasn't as good, but Davis was even better than Hochaver. Herrera improved. And so it's like they had more weapons, and collectively they were better. But to me, still the biggest key, and, and you add Hochaver back into that bullpen, so you have the flexibility that if somebody is struggling, you have, in my opinion, four closer types out there once Hochaver is healthy along with Jason Fraser having experience. Um, there are so many weapons. But if the rotation, I mean, here I'll say, well, really the rotation only has to go four or five innings. If the rotation is regularly going four or five innings, those guys are going to get burned out. They threw the second fewest innings in the American League last year. They were at their best because the rotation allowed them to do so. That's true. Um, Joel Goldberg's with us on Grill Nation. Uh, you got to think the confidence is going to be effective too this year uh, after winning last year. That the last two years actually a winning team that's got to give those young guys Moose Hosmer even more confidence. Hopefully to swing the bat well. I think that is a huge dynamic. And when you, I mean, I know you you follow some of the stuff. I mean, there, there's you know they're they're the prognosticators out there. I know the. You know, the, the the prediction number services, so like Baseball Prospectus has what they call the Dakota rankings, and they come up with projections. They have the Royals winning, I think, 72 games this year. Um, now, I don't know where confidence is measured in that at all. I don't know where experience is measured in that at all. And they've got these dynamic computer formulas, which really, you know, nail a lot of the players that on. But there are so many elements that don't fit into formulas um, last year, by the way, I think they picked the Royals to win like 78 or 79 games. So, um, to me, you just hit on it, that confidence. I, I forgot what that swagger looked like. Um, they didn't have a reason to have swagger. Started to see it a bit in 2013. But what I noticed last year, and, it, and for anyone listening, if you get out to the ballpark and the Royals are still doing well, um, or even if they're not, and go watch batting practice in August or September and just watch the energy of the team. And so, for instance, this is what I noticed last year. If you see the Royals and the, you know, the, the Twins late in the season, August or September, Twins batting practice very quiet. You know, it's the dog days of summer. There's nothing to fight for, going through the motions. 
you watch the Royals, and I mean, you could be on the other end of the stadium and hear guys chirping and laughing and giving each other a hard time. And that's that confidence. That's that enjoyment. That's that swagger. And it's been talked about a little bit, but we were up in Detroit later in the year, and Lorenzo King gets to first base, and Victor Martinez starts, you know, chatting with him. And basically, Lorenzo told him, you know what? Cut it out. I don't want to talk. Hmm. Um, he was ticked off because they were getting it handed to him by the Tigers, and he was sick of it. And there's a lot of fraternizing in baseball. It's the way the game is now. But there was a little bit of an edge to him. I think that was that game where he had a triple. He came up pumping his fists and kind of pointing and stuff like that. And a little bit of a football mentality there. And there's a hand, there are a handful of teams in baseball, maybe up to a dozen, that don't just believe they're going to win every game. Everybody believes that. They know they are going to take it to you. They know they're better than you. The Cardinals do that as well as anyone. The Red Sox, yes, they've had a couple down years, do it as well as anyone. There's a mystique and or they, they know they are better than you and they are going to eat you alive. And I think that the Royals finally had that. And I, um, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that, that's different. Well, Jill Goldberg, uh, we, I really appreciate you coming on the, uh, the show today. Grill Nation supports you. And uh, we, uh, we were excited to have you on and kind of talk about baseball here and talk about your career. And uh, obviously we'll be looking for you to be wearing some sack one ones on the sideline. Um, or excuse me, on the uh, in the dugout this year and uh, working as a reporter. Uh, but really, really, really yeah, love good. what you're doing for Kansas City. Obviously, on the broadcast, and we can we can hit you up at Goldberg KC on Twitter as well. Yeah, and I, I think Instagram. I'll work on that, and uh, and I'll, I'll shoot out you know some of the socks. I'll, I'll Instagram some uh, some socks out there, and um, <laughs> yeah, I mean Royals, Badgers, Socks 101, Boulevard. Um, Negro Leagues Museum, those are... We know, love and, it, we and, love it. You know, it's all it's all good for me. Joel, thanks for coming on Grill Nation, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Thanks, Jacob. You've been listening to Grill Nation on the KMBZ Business Channel, 16, 6 a.m. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Take care.